0: Today's episode is brought to you by Musical Theatre Radio's merch store. Looking for that perfect gift for someone or just want to treat yourself to some great musical theatre themed merch? Head to MusicalTheaterRadio.com and click on the All Things Theatre button on the homepage. And check out all the different designs available. And now, today's interview. Welcome back to another episode of Be Our Guest here on Musical Theatre Radio. I am your host, as always, Jean-Paul Yovanoff. Today, we have an award-winning writer, producer, director of film, theatre, and television. He's lived and worked in Toronto, New York, and Hawaii. He has screened films at Cannes, uh, produced shows on and off Broadway, and is currently writing the book and lyrics for Rule of Fire, a new musical about Hawaii. I know we've got a ton to talk about today, so let's not waste any one more minute and welcome David Sector to the program. David,
1: hello. Uh, Aloha. It's a (laughs) treat to be here. Uh, I'm a musical theater buff and hopefully a practitioner, and I'm thrilled to to meet anybody else who uh, shares my passion.
0: Awesome. Well, now before we get into to all that stuff in the show, uh, I always ask my guests for a 30-second bio. So, who is David in 30 seconds?
1: Well, uh David Sector is a Brandon born Winnipeg raised. Uh went to a school, uh, at the University of Toronto, uh, where I uh, studied uh, English literature, language and literature. Uh And basically, uh, uh, I ended up majoring in film, which was not offered anywhere in Canada at the time. Uh, In my senior year, I I had been uh, writing film reviews and theater reviews uh, for the varsity. And uh, this was a time when the French new wave was very uh, trendy. And a lot of those directors, uh, like Truffaut, had started off as film critics. So I had, you know, this kind of notion that only, you know, a a totally ignorant uh, guy with lots of chutzpah said, hey, if those guys went, you know, from writing about film to making them, why can't I? In any case, I announced uh, my intention to make a a feature film. Uh, This was at a time when there was no film production in Canada. You you could literally count the, the features on the fingers of one hand with digits to spare in any case, I, I came up with a notion. It was uh, somewhat autobiographical uh, about a relationship uh, uh, between a couple of college students. I called it The uh, Winter Kept Us Warm, uh, borrowing it uh, from uh, the wasteland. Uh, and uh, lo and behold, somehow or rather, we ended up making a feature film uh, that became uh, a lot more successful than it had any uh, right to be. Uh, it was the first uh Canadian uh, feature to be shown at the Cannes Festival. Wow. And uh, in, in any case, uh, I went then on to make another feature in Toronto uh, called The Offering. I moved to New York for what I thought was going to be a project, uh, which was a, a, an off Broadway musical. Um, I collaborated with uh, Paul Hoffert, uh, who was the composer on both Winter Kept Us Warm and The Offering. And um, a, a, a another playwright called Jan Steen, who had adapted the Canterbury Tales into a theatrical piece. and we felt that it had the makings of a, a terrific uh, musical. Um, this is you know so, uh, at a time when uh, uh, off-Broadway was somewhat affordable. In any case, <laughs> we've raised some money. Uh, after doing what seemed like an endless series of backwards auditions as as a trio. Uh, And uh, the show opened at a time when off-Broadway was like very active. So it took us a long time to find a theater. And anyway, finally we opened up uh, to mixed reviews, but not strong enough uh, to to, uh, ensure a long run. Uh, But in any case, I stayed in in New York uh, involved in both film I I created a a film co-op called Total Impact. Uh, We made a series of of, of films, uh, uh, TV projects, and I ended up running a theater, uh, which we called Intermedia. Now, this was on Second Avenue. Uh, The theater had originally been built in the 1920s at a time when Second Avenue uh, had a whole string of Yiddish uh, theaters. Sure. And so the, the theater we had was like a Broadway-sized theater. It was originally the Yiddish art theater. And then we went through a whole series of changes over the years. In any case, when we took it over, it was a Broadway-sized theater that could be used off-Broadway because the limit uh, was for, for an off-Broadway production was 500 seats. Mm-hmm. And we could like close off the a balcony and, and mezzanine and rope off some seats in, in the uh, orchestra section and have 500 seats. So it allowed shows uh, to open on an off-Broadway budget, but would have a Broadway-sized uh, stage, so oh, if exactly. they clicked, they could move straight to Broadway. And we had a couple of big hits, uh, Best Little Whorehouse in Texas, uh, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, uh, that both of you know, did that. And then we also had a, a wide, a very eclectic policy: uh, foreign uh, troops, uh, music, uh, film. In any case, um, the plan was to try to uh, raise money and create a whole uh, <clears throat> theater center along the lines of the public theater. You know, mm-hmm. uh, in any case, uh, we, uh, before we could do that, uh, the uh, East Village had become very. Uh, trendy and it needed a multiplex cinema and they offered the landlord more than we could possibly you know, match. And so we, we lost the theater. In any case, I, at that time, I also met my husband, uh, uh, Patrick, uh, and we, uh, after a few years in New York, we felt it was time to move west. Uh, we, we moved to uh, Long Beach, California, lived there for 30 years, uh, and again, I uh, was involved with, with some film and theater projects there. Uh, and a few years ago, uh, we decided it was time to go further west <laughs> and we moved to uh, Kona on the big island of Hawaii uh, just before uh, COVID. Uh, so uh, uh, we had uh, a paradise uh, during the uh, lockdown. And I used that time to immerse myself into Hawaiian arts and and culture. Uh, uh, Listened to a lot of music, uh, watched a lot of dance uh, online and uh, read as much as I could about Hawaiian history and uh, uh, legends uh, and came up with uh, what I think is the uh, makings of a wonderful musical featuring Hawaiian music, dance, and design. Um, I call it "Rule of Fire," a new musical about old Hawaii, uh, which is uh, in some ways like a a queer howly uh, history. Uh, howly being uh, the, the somewhat pejorative word here uh, for a white guy. Uh, in any case, I'm uh, uh, I spent the last uh, year or so uh, writing the book and lyrics. Um, for uh Rule of, of Fire. And I'm currently looking for a composer. I think that it's got the makings of a a terrific musical. So this has been a little longer than 30 seconds right here. Uh, sorry about that. Feel free to cut me off anytime.
0: If, if I cut you off at the 30 second mark, we, we know you lived in Brandon. And that's about <laughs> it. So, well, I'm always curious. That's quite the journey from Brandon to Toronto to New York to, to the West Coast of the States to, to Hawaii. But when, when you were growing up in Brandon, did you? You couldn't have seen this as the right tra- trajectory of your life. W- were you into musical theater and that sort of thing? Well, I was
1: actually I'm glad you asked. Um, I was very fortunate. Um, uh, my uh, my mother was was um, uh, in, into community theater, and so some of my earliest memories um, were seeing my mother uh, on stage, and also other people that that uh, I, I knew, you know, who, who were involved with the theater. Uh, and interestingly, she also um, read stories on the radio. And so my, my parents were very uh, uh, intent on, on introducing us you know, to a lot of culture. Interestingly, as a side note, um, one of my first memories, uh, you know, my father was not at all uh, into theater per se, but he was a member of the Kiwanis Club. And every year they put on a minstrel show. Now, this is the late 40s. I think this is probably... The end of that era, yeah, <laughs> uh, controversial. Uh, uh, and of course, this place, Brandon, where there were literally, as far as I know, no black folks at all. Uh, and uh, yet you know, it, you, you, uh, it, it was still an, an era where uh, you know, a bunch of white men had no problems at all putting on blackface. Uh, so it, it made a, an indelible impression. But it, it basically, as I say, I, I do have some early memories of theater. And then we moved to, to Winnipeg uh, when I was seven. And so I basically grew up there uh, and had an exposure to excellent theater. You know, the Manitoba Theater Center, Rainbow Stage put on terrific musicals. Uh, so, yes, I, and I got also involved with doing a little bit of acting, um, not performing... I, I can't carry a tune, and so although you know the high school you know, did a Gilbert and Sullivan every year, I didn't even bother auditioning. Yes. Because I, you know, even in in, in you know, back in kindergarten, you know when all the kids were in the choir, yeah, you know, the teacher said, "David, mouth the words." <laughs> I, I, I used to you know, you know be loud and so off tune I could like throw everybody else off. Uh, so this is this is a vein of my existence, a musical theater uh, lover who, who can't sing a note. Uh, <laughs> in, in any case, uh, as, as I say, once I got to, to Toronto, um, one of the reasons I started doing theater and film reviews was to be able to see a lot of things that I otherwise yeah. couldn't have afforded. Uh, but I, I I did of course you take advantage of uh, of that to see as much as as I could. And, uh, although I guess film has been like, like my primary, uh, uh occupation, uh, musical theater and, and, and theater in general, you know, has, has been a passion, you know, throughout.
0: Is there, like you said, you moved to Toronto, you, you did reviews and things like that. Is there any shows that you remember that you reviewed that, that, you know, might've inspired you for something you did later in life?
1: Um, well, you know, I, I, I yes. <laughs> I, I, saw, I remember seeing a cabaret at the O'Keefe you know, uh, Center. You know, it really had no business doing it in yeah. such a, a huge place. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah we, we, you know, we would see you know first rate shows, and of course, you know the Royal Alex at the time uh, was doing a, a lot of theater. Uh, and, and in fact, uh, uh, <laughs> a little anecdote. Um, you know, when I was making the offering, the offering is a movie about uh, uh, a visiting uh, dance troupe from China, and uh, we we were producing this thing on on a minuscule budget, but uh, a, a Crazy Eddie, who ran the, the the Royal Alex Theater, generously let us use the opening night for a show that he was producing. Uh-huh. And we could pretend to use it as the opening night for the, the Peking dance troupe. He even let us like put up some posters, you know, in wow. front of the theater. So th- this was like uh, 1966. And again, at a time when so few films were being produced that we got uh, cooperation from people like Ed Murzoff and, uh, Air Canada, and in fact, we shot a scene in the city hall. Uh, the then mayor Phil Givens uh, played himself in the movie, and and let us shoot an actual uh, session in the chamber. Anyway, so uh, t- Toronto was like a, a very a, you know, different time, you know, in the, in the mid '60s. Uh, but again, theater uh, it was very active, you know, then and. Uh, I've uh, I, I've been inspired ever since, uh, and 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 you know would be thrilled to come back and uh, and and uh, launch Rule of Fire in in Canada.
0: Yeah, Ed Mervish
1: has such has made
0: such a difference for theater here in Toronto Absolutely, and, and yeah. Canada and in general. And and most people who are listening, unless you're Canadian or even from Toronto, don't know who he is. But he, you know he he's been in a theater. Um, entrepreneur and and just lover and supporter and built theaters and 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 Mm -hmm. brought theater back to life in Toronto and uh, I I met him maybe once at a one of his one of his birthday parties um Mm -hmm. but uh, yeah it I'm babbling oh, yeah. now, but he he made such a difference, and and I'll always be thankful to what he did for the Toronto yeah. theaters.
1: If you saw the doc, you you know that yes. when my nephew made his movie, I had a chance to revisit. Uh, yes, so, and and in the exact same place, you know, <laughs> for 35 years earlier. Uh, pardon me, 50 years earlier. I, <laughs> and yep. my time has flown. Um, 50 years now, 30 years then. Yes, uh, but uh, uh yeah, uh, he. he is a real yes. match
0: yes <laughs> the royal alex it, i haven't been to every theater in the world but it is my favorite theater that i've ever been to mm-hmm. i love that theater if i could put my show anywhere i would love to have it in the alex that would be the ultimate for me mm-hmm. but uh, so so you, you left toronto you moved down to new york I you, you've done a ton of film stuff I, I watched the documentary so i know you did that but i'd love to learn a bit, little bit more about uh the theater scene that that probably helped inspire you to, to what we're going to get to with the show. But you must have seen a ton of theater come through there, especially off-Broadway and, you know,
1: yeah, and, misses and,
0: and everything.
1: Uh, and interestingly, you know, uh, I, I had a chance to go quite close, you know, to the development of, of hits like Best Little Horror House. It's like the first show that Tommy Toon, uh, I don't know whether that, that name yeah. resonates. Uh, at one point you know uh, this is the first show that he co-directed and choreographed and then for the next you know 20 years I mean he was like one of the most prominent uh directors of musicals uh in 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 the world uh so it, as I say that show developed at, at our theater I had a chance to really see how you take it from page to stage mm-hmm. uh, I went through drastic changes during that Uh, you know, period from their first preview, you know, to to opening night. Uh, They had to, because it was running like three and a half hours or something. Uh, In any case, and and the same with Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Um, We, uh, this was like the first professional production of that in New York. And it also, you know, we actually first saw it uh, in a, an earlier production in in, in at Ford Theater uh, in in uh, Washington, okay. uh, and uh, it also you know had to go through some serious changes before it was ready. You know to, to go to the to go to Broadway, but, but the point I want to make is that I, I also learned perhaps even more from the shows that didn't make it, mm-hmm. uh, sure. shows that should have made it you know uh and yeah so uh, if, we, if we had a lot more time I I could go into a lot of those but you just one example is surf city uh some producers you know had the the rights to uh the whole Beach Boys uh oh, wow. musical uh, uh production they had all those incredible songs you think how could they go wrong how can you take all those of that incredible music now this yeah. is going also you know, going back to the 80s you know when they were the hottest you know, group around and not make a hit musical and they managed because they, they had no book it was you know they they, they somehow you know it 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 it, it really reinforces the, the the important thing you know no matter how brilliant the music is and 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 the production you know people basically want a good story and you 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 know the there are exceptions you know there's like you know a chorus line you know if 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 the if, if the dancing is dazzling enough you know, then you, you can get away without a story right uh, but by and large I, I think your know, music a good musical is it's all about a story and characters and the meshing of, of all of those elements uh and uh I I I, I when I came to, to to Hawaii I had no intention at all of getting back into musical theater and it was just really the the, uh, the material the con you know it, the, the music the stories uh all coalesced and convinced me you know that uh this had to be a musical and so i dusted off my uh you know uh bo- book and, and and lyric uh writing skills and uh uh, jumped into the fray. Was it? Was there an aha moment for
0: you that to writing? Was there? What was the inspiration? Was there? Was there a moment? Was there a something, or just in this, being in, in the environment show? for for your show for for yeah.
1: um, uh, yeah. rule yeah, of fire? I, you know, I, I, you, you it, 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 the aha moment was a series of um, uh, it came to stages. As I say, when I, when I learned really about the the, the, the queer. History of uh, Hawaii in particular, but generally Polynesian. Uh, you know, I, 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 it was something I wanted to learn more about it, it, the relationship. Basically, um, the, the the openness of of, of, um, of male male to male sex, uh, the, the the comfort which it seemed to be part of the the culture was something I wanted to explore. Uh, and uh, finding out about Kame story, it, it, it was it's, a, it's like a fable. If it weren't history, you know, he was born under Halley's Comet, um, which you here they would you know, call Kelly's uh, fireball, uh, which which make him basically uh, a target for all of the wannabe chiefs because there was this legend, you know, that a great chief is going to be born, you know, and so, he had to be raised basically in isolation, in in in, in because uh, everyone was out to you know, get rid of him, get rid of the competition before he had a chance to grow. Uh, and so, uh, discovering basically that during this period, you know, when Captain Cook arrived and the whole culture went through this uh, sea change, you mm-hmm. know, this sudden realization that. Uh, not only were they, I, I, you know, there, there had been no contact with the outside world for a thousand years. So Hawaiians had every reason to believe that they were the only people around. You know, this was it. And then suddenly these ships arrived and, and not only uh, do they discover that they're not alone, but but because these ships were full of uh, books books, you know, with with the illustrations and engravings, they also were able to discover that there was this whole huge world out there and that each of those cultures had a whole history going back thousands of years. It was just like a mind-blowing experience. And I I, I felt that, you know, that that kind of experience has, has got to be, you know, Making a, 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 a musical, a movie, or something. But then, the, the more I, I kind of got into it, I felt that music, you know, this this I guess realization that, that that Hawaiian music and dance and 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 design are are world popular, but no one's ever, as far as I know, mm-hmm. you know, captured them in a musical, um, and until. I think coming up with what I thought was a great story, and also feeling that the uh, the arts were ripe for uh, <laughs> exploitation, uh, uh, somehow really, you know, it, it, it 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 all coalesced uh, uh, the ends uh, of the aristocracy, and so Kamehameha, I I think um, you know, would have been you know totally convinced in the divine right. Of uh, of of the chiefs, uh, uh, and yet he meets this uh, uh, captain who is a, a farmer's son, and and in another society such as you know Britain at the time, which was just as you know class conscious, meeting this guy who who literally grew, grew up uh, from the lowest levels of society and became uh, a, 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 a hero uh, in in the highest ranks of the Admiralty uh again I, th- I think would have had a, a a strong influence on him and and so I think initially I uh, he, he, he considers Captain Cook a, a hero but then he also quickly recognizes uh, the peril because obviously these ships represent uh, a whole, Society out there that is much more sophisticated, has got much more powerful weapons, has now discovered these incredible resources that Hawaii Mm has, and he realizes that he's got uh, to—he basically discovers his destiny in life. Um, He's got to unite the islands, because otherwise they they end up slaughtering each other in, in these endless battles. And so he, he 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 discovers his purpose, and uh, 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 of course at the same time, you know, Captain Cook ends his career, and uh, and and so I just thought that the the, the dynamic between those two again had, had, it was so ripe for drama, and yeah. and and the kind of emotions that uh, could be so well expressed, you know, in music. Now at the same time, I I wanted to explore the uh the gay male relationship and so uh one of the other key characters is a common guy who Kamehameha meets just when he's asserting his desire to to end his isolation and get involved in society and because he can't have sex with girls because the uh, the, the nobles you know, don't want to uh, mess up their bloodlines. Yeah. So the only you know, relationship he can have—he's like a horny young guy at twenty—is uh, with a guy. And again, and this is in a society where that's quite acceptable. So uh, the relationship between uh, uh, the, the two is the other important relationship in in uh, in the story. And so I think we've got you know, again two great storylines. Uh, and uh, hopefully uh, a, a musical that I think could work on on a couple of levels. It could be done on a modest uh, budget with with a, a cast of as few as eleven. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it also could be like a blockbuster with a huge cast, great theatrical effects. We've got like you know uh, a storm at sea uh, that almost uh, uh, shatters uh Captain Cook's ship. um We've got you know a chase. Uh, uh, with a, a windsurfer uh, being pursued by uh, thugs in a outrigger canoe uh, and, and a kite rider flying into his rescue. So I, I think it's got all of the elements uh, that could make for a, a terrific show. I'm going to do everything within my power to get it from page to stage.
0: That's fantastic. Uh, And and you're working on the book and lyrics and you're looking for a composer. You said, what type of music do you have in your mind? Is it, is it more Hawaiian? Is it more modern? Is it a combination of what, what's going, what, what are you looking for if there's any composers out there who, you know, feel this might be something for them?
1: Well, uh, although I've got some ideas, I'm also very open. So Mm -hmm. if a composer comes and, you know, and reads what I've got, uh, I'm I'm ready, you know, you know for a, a a a very fresh take. But part of what I really want to do is is capture uh, the gamut of what people think about when 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 you you say Hawaiian music. You know, Hawaiian music has been popular for like hundred over a hundred years, uh, and so it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Uh, I mean certain things of course you'll pop up immediately ukulele uh seal guitar slack key uh falsetto certain harmonies so again over the course of, of, of the musical I think there's a chance to incorporate uh homages to several of those different eras of uh, Hawaiian music currently what 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 um is, is really popular here now is what they call hawaiian reggae uh or sometimes referred to as Jamayan. one of the things you know, one of the inspirations you know uh for, for the show is, is uh, uh book of mormon uh mm. basically it, it, it is a similar theme uh you know a, 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 a clash of cultures uh but with a real tongue-in-cheek irreverent point of view uh and also a, a, a friendship is one of the the primary relationships you know in that show uh, i also of course you know like so many people have been inspired by hamilton uh i think that demonstrated how effectively that okay, new yorkian rock uh could work in in terms of conveying uh, ideas and information uh in in a musical format uh, uh i don't uh <laughs> you know, I think New Eucan rap is at all appropriate. but I think that there is a kind of uh, jazzy swing tropical rap that could be effective uh, for a number of, of of the songs And I've written like lyrics uh in in that style that I you know that I think you know could could be effective as a a, a reggae rap <laughs> uh a, 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 a idiom. Uh, but, uh, uh, you know, I, th- I think the, the, the storyline, you know, uh, incorporates, you know, very emotional ballads, uh, uh, anthems, uh, uh, celebrations, hula, of course, uh, but really uh, almost uh, all of the the elements that, that I think, you know, go into a musical that really uh, hits home. Um, you know, potentially you know this story you know, could could include them all. Uh, so I'm, I'm just hoping that there's somebody out there who uh, is as uh, passionate as I am uh, about the subject and can can translate it into the music that will uh, become part of uh, of the Broadway West End uh, great songbook Canon. That's awesome. Uh, so
0: if somebody's out there interested or know somebody who might be interested in this project how do they get a hold of you what, how can they contact you
1: well uh, i am glad you asked uh i I'm, I'm happy to give out my contact information uh i can be reached uh, uh, by email uh, D is in david dot sector that's s e c t e r at icloud.com uh and uh Uh, Otherwise, if if anybody is curious, uh, a documentary, uh, as you discovered, is available free on YouTube. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's called The Best of Sector and the Rest of Sector. Uh, It it was made about 20 years ago by my nephew Joel Sector, but we'll uh, give you a little introduction into my uh, my background. Mm -hmm. And uh, otherwise... uh, I'm uh, eager to hear from anyone who either uh, thinks that they've got the uh, uh, the chops to come up with the score or can give me a lead to somebody who does. Uh, I think the opportunity uh, is uh, is there. It's here. (laughs) Well, I know you're working on
0: this, but do you have any other projects that you that you want to plug that you've been working on?
1: Well I'm glad you asked um, you know as, as I mentioned you know, my, my first movie um, uh, it was produced in 1965 at the University of Toronto and um, I am very gratified that it still seems to resonate with a an audience. Uh, it is being distributed now uh, for the first time uh, in a streaming format uh, a, a company called Canadian International Pictures. Uh, got a telefilm grant to strike a new uh, print uh, of of the film, and they're releasing it. And uh, also uh, a book uh, is being published um, by uh, McGill-Queens University Press. They have a series called Queer Film Classics, and they have uh, just now included Winter Kept Us Warm as part of that. And uh, they're planning to uh released the the book in the spring um and uh, hopefully in connection with uh, either uh, uh inside out uh film Festival in in Toronto or the Toronto International Film Festival sure. in the fall uh and also Canadian International Pictures is releasing my second movie that I I mentioned the offering um which is really I I I think a fascinating picture of uh, of Toronto in the mid-60s uh, and a, uh, also a fascinating story. It, it was a, uh, as I mentioned, uh, the, the, the visit of a uh, Chinese dance troupe based on the Peking Opera, which actually came to Canada uh, in the early 60s as part of a cultural exchange. Now this was at a time when no Western countries had diplomatic relations with China and they were just starting some cultural exchanges. So this is a story based on uh, you know an actual event um, at a unique time. Uh, and uh, so I think, again, anyone who's at all interested either in Canadian-Chinese relations or in uh, uh, Toronto history in the, the mid 60s, I think will also enjoy you know, seeing that. Uh, So, uh, yes, I'm I'm very gratified that some of my earlier films are are getting a new lease on life. And uh, if I can uh, get Rule of Fire up and running, uh, I will be a very happy camper. (laughs) Well,
0: congratulations on on everything you've done over the years with the film and the theater and and now, you know, Rule of of Fire man cut that uh rule of fire um i look forward to seeing it in the alex maybe one day that would be fantastic i would love to see it there you'll have to come into town and uh, you know i will indeed. say hello there
1: indeed i i will probably be there in connection with the launch of uh of the book uh, ah. uh, on, on winter and
0: look forward to seeing you there that would be fantastic. I'd love to sit down and just have a coffee. And just, I'm always looking forward to meeting people because the pandemic messed that up. I've met so many people virtually, nobody live almost because of that. But we're slowly getting to do that. And uh, though I'd love to come into Hawaii instead if you come to Toronto, because that's somewhere I would love to check out one day. But we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Um,
1: well, let's let's do both of the above. Exactly, exactly. Uh David,
0: again, thank you so much for coming on, introducing myself and every all the listeners to your to what you've done and the show. And uh we'll see what we can do. So maybe we can find you a composer or somebody can find you a composer and we'll we'll take Rule of Fire to the next stage and, and get it on stage.
1: As we say in, in Hawaii, um Mahalo Nui Loa, thank you very much. Uh, for helping me spread the word and uh, a ho, which is Hawaiian for catch you later.
0: <laughs> awesome. All right. We were just speaking with a David Sector uh, filmmaker, producer, director, and book and lyricist of rule of fire, a new musical about old Hawaii. Uh, tune in next week as we'll speak with another guest or guests about their life, love and passion. That is musical theater. I am your host as always, Jean-Paul Jovanov. And until next time,